0: Hello, and welcome to this week's edition of the CoreCast. I'm your host, Chris Harris. I'm a certified personal trainer and Pilates instructor with over 17 years of experience working with clients of many different ages and all different levels of fitness. And I wanted to share with you what I've learned. Today, we're going to explore fascia. What is fascia and what role does it play in our bodies? What happens when it's not functioning properly or unhealthy? And what we're going to do is talk about things that you can do to restore movement and suppleness to your fascia, including things like Pilates. Finally, we're going to explore some connections between fascia energy and emotion. Let's get started. So we're going to start by explaining what fascia is. Fascia is a band of thin, fibrous connective tissue that wraps around and supports every structure in your body. Scientists initially thought that fascia only provided support to your organs, muscles, and bones, but more recently, the definition has expanded to include the tissue that surrounds all the cells, nerves, joints, tissues, tendons, and ligaments throughout your body. Fascia is part of a system-wide network that provides a form and function for every part of your body. It's a continuous layer of tissue that's flexible and able to resist tension. It's stringy, a white substance made mostly of collagen, and collagen is a type of protein that provides strength and flexibility. You can picture it kind of like an orange. That's a good visual representation of the form and function of fascia. If you think of the membrane of the orange as a web of material that surrounds, weaves through, and encompasses everything... Uh, it has that purpose to hold everything together and it goes through every part of the orange. Fascia is soft, loose, and is made up of multiple layers. A liquid called hyaluronin is between each layer and it helps your fascia stretch as you move. Inflammation and trauma can dry out the hyaluronin and damage your fascia. And when your fascia tightens, it can restrict the movement of your muscles and tissues causing pain and other health conditions. Unhealthy fascia prevents the energy from flowing throughout your body and fascia that is blocked can cause many, many issues. Unbalanced fat storage, emotional imbalances, sleep issues, energy imbalances, temperature shifts in your body, for example, cold fingers or cold feet, weight gain, blood flow restriction, and many more things. When fascia becomes damaged, it tries to compensate to remain functional. This leads to an imbalance in other body systems and can ultimately cause chronic pain. The health of your fascia can play a vital role in how your body moves and functions. Think of movement as medicine for your fascial health. So what does fascia do? It provides structure and support throughout your body. It holds your muscles together, which allows them to contract and stretch. It provides a smooth surface for your muscles, joints, and organs to slide against each other without creating any friction or tears. Fascia also stabilizes your body structures and gives your body strength. It separates your muscles and eases muscle tension. It helps with joint stability and movement, and it improves your circulation. Fascia provides an environment that enables all your body systems to work together. Fascia has different layers, so we're gonna talk about that. Superficial fascia is the outermost layer, and it's located directly under your skin. It is thicker in your chest and back, in the torso area, and it gets thinner in your arms and legs. It can also sometimes contain muscle fibers, which help create certain structures in your body. The deep fascia surrounds your musculoskeletal system and covers your muscles, bones, tendons, cartilage, nerves, and blood vessels. This layer is thicker than superficial fascia and the deep fascia has two subtypes, the aponeurotic fascia, and that's a thick pearly white tissue that separates more easily from your muscles, and the epimesial fascia, and that's thinner than the aponeurotic fascia and more tightly connected to your muscles. There's also visceral fascia, and that surrounds the organs in your abdomen, lungs, and heart. And finally, the parietal fascia lines the walls of certain body cavities, such as the area around your pelvis. So what happens when your fascia isn't working? When that hyaluronid dries up, the fascia in your body can seize up around the muscles, making it more difficult to move and can cause fascial adhesions. This can happen for many reasons. Lack of physical activity, overuse of a particular area of your body, say through repetitive uh, movement and exercise, surgery or injury that causes damage to one part of your body, Many other things can happen as well the fascia will adapt to move in every move that we make whether it's good or bad fascia becomes bound up sometimes think of it like glue binding to muscles other fascia or ligaments your movement history your exercise habits injuries sitting or sleeping positions is written in your fascia and it's commonly mistaken for muscle or joint pain the biggest difference that muscle and joint pain is worse as you keep moving, while fascia pain gets better with movement and heat. If fascia pain goes untreated, your fascia will draw tighter around your muscles and create what's called trigger points. And those are those sensitive knots of bound up fascia that can lead to chronic pain. Almost half of all Americans live with chronic pain and it can severely limit movement and become debilitating. Chronic pain is daily pain that usually doesn't subside. This is different from acute pain, which is a pain you feel immediately after an injury. Chronic pain is often managed with medications. The U.S. Pain Foundation in their 2022 survey cited that 50 million Americans live with chronic pain. An estimate suggests that pain causes the, uh, the nation at least 560 to $635 billion a year in direct medical costs and lost productivity. Inflammation often accompanies chronic pain and it's your body's natural response to injury. That inflammation will help to heal and rebuild the tissue by providing necessary nutrients. But if you have stagnant inflammation, it causes more pain and swelling and slows the healing process down. So moving that fascia will help facilitate the healing process. Some common things that are disorders that can happen with fascia that's unhealthy is things like plantar fasciitis that causes inflammation and pain in your plantar fascia, which is that thick band of tissue that stretches from your heels to your toes. And it supports the arch of your foot by absorbing the pressure and bearing your weight. And it's one of the most common causes of heel pain. Another disorder is myofascial pain syndrome, and that causes pain and tenderness in muscles or one or more of the trigger points of your body. And those trigger points will feel like small bumps or knots in your muscles, and they're highly sensitive areas. Uh, that can cause pain that may refer into another area of your body. So what do you do to keep your fascia healthy? It's vital to your mobility to keep your fascia healthy and movement, stretching, and maintaining good posture are key ways to maintain fascial health. Using heat can help with uh, taking the fascia and letting it release. Hot showers, baths, or using a heating pad um, can be applied to the uncomfortable area. Using a foam roller, uh, those fascial areas can be mobilized using the pressure of a thing like a foam roller, a lacrosse ball, or another fascial release tool. You're applying that uh, pressure right to the trigger point. Massage therapy is also a great way to release pressure from trigger points. Acupuncture is a really good way to get into that affected fascia. Uh, an acupuncturist can help place by placing needles in the affected areas. And of course, maintaining good posture. Posture can be thought of as the physical manifestation of what one is experiencing internally. Your posture affects your mood, your energy, and your stress levels. Poor posture compresses your organs and restricts the diaphragm, which doesn't allow you to breathe properly. It can cause poor digestion and waste elimination. The best way to achieve proper function of the diaphragm and your inner core is really to improve your posture and align that fascia. This brings us to Pilates. Pilates exercises can help strengthen and stretch the body in patterns that can improve the quality and elasticity of your fascia. It is also important for strengthening the deep core muscles and for its focus on breathing. Remember in episode three, we talked a little bit about that. So the benefits of Pilates for fascial health are many. Uh, Pilates involves slow controlled movements that are coordinated with a pattern of breathing. Stretching or moving too quickly or too intensely will cause the muscles to go into protective mode, which makes those muscles contract and stiffen. Pilates encourages moving in a range of motion that's comfortable, and it can elicit a soothing parasympathetic response from the nervous system. The calming state of coordinated movement and breath can also prepare the body for learning new movement patterns. And the exercises stretch the fascia in a unique way that traditional stretching doesn't do. Pilates can address fascial imbalances by encouraging the stretching of the whole body at one time, and it also provides the opportunity to stretch the body in multiple planes, which helps to release the fascia and improve flexibility. The variety of movements that are experienced in Pilates can help safeguard against the adhesions and tightness in the fascia. And talking about Pilates in our Pilates 101 episode can give you a good review on uh, a little bit more about Pilates. Some stretches you might wanna try, especially um, if you have plantar fasciitis, uh, is a heel sit. It's a a stretch where you're coming into a kneeling position with your knees bent and your shins parallel to the floor. You wanna curl your toes under and sit back on your heels. Think of aligning your ankle bone with your big toe to protect your knees. Maintaining a straight back and leaning forward or backward to make the stretch more or less intense. You can hold this position for up to three minutes. Uh, You can repeat a couple of times if you'd like. So that will help with that uh, fascial release and that uh, plantar fasciitis pain. Another stretch would be the standing figure four stretch. And this is a stretch to help lengthen the hip flexor muscles and release tightness in your back, core, and hips. And it's a great stretch to do if you've been sitting for extended periods of time. You want to place your hand on a wall or sturdy chair. Yield your weight onto your left foot. Press your big toe for balance and focus your gaze on a fixed place so that you can keep your balance. Place the outside of your right ankle on your lower left thigh, and keeping your hips square to face forward, elongate your spine and lift your chest. Bend your knee to lower into a squat position. And I imagine kind of hovering over a chair. So you're in that squat position, holding that position for up to one minute. So it's a great balance exercise too. Repeat on the opposite side. We're going to talk a little bit more about self-myofascial release. So we talked uh, just a few few minutes ago about foam rolling. Um, Use of tools like a foam roller, lacrosse ball, or other form of self-myofascial release tool are really helpful to apply a gentle pressure to uh, the trigger point areas. Sustaining this pressure on a trigger point area allows muscle fibers that are bound up to stretch, unknot, and realign. Foam rolling is recommended to be done before static or dynamic stretching activities because it allows the tissue's abilities to lengthen during stretching activities. Think of it as kind of a warm-up to stretching. It can also be done as part of a cool-down, and it should be be performed on overactive tissues or trigger point areas. And there's a variety of different types of foam rollers. They come in different densities. So um, finding that right density for you, um, you want something that will help you with the trigger point release, but um, it it should not be excruciatingly painful. So make sure that you find, um, you know, the right type of myofascial release tool for you. Many people can enjoy the benefits of foam rolling, but it's not appropriate for, for people with congestive heart failure, kidney failure, uh, bleeding disorders, or contagious skin conditions. It's always good to get advice from a medical professional before starting any foam rolling activities. So foam rolling 101, how do you do it? Slowly roll the targeted area until the most tender spot is found. And then you're going to hold on that spot while relaxing the targeted area, allowing for that discomfort to decrease, usually between 30 seconds and 90 seconds. It's really important to breathe. Take some nice deep breaths to get that oxygen and nutrients to the muscles. And it's important to maintain core stability during the foam rolling exercises. Think of drawing the navel to the spine to help stabilize the hips and back. Exercises in the foam roller can be modified by changing position or angles to target different areas of the muscle and to increase or decrease the degree of intensity. So we're going to talk a little bit about the connection of fascia and energy. The fascia system stores emotional imbalances, past traumas, and past experiences. Emotional intelligence, or recognizing your emotions to manage or regulate them, is to be able to express them in a productive manner. So sometimes allowing yourself to manage those moods and better understanding how to handle them can be helpful because healing, healing, that fascia can cause emotional release. The con- connection between emotion and pain is also part of the fascial release. There's a link between the physical body and the emotional body. Our bodies have the capacity to remember or store emotions or traumas in our cells Common areas tend to be in the neck, the shoulders, and the psoas or hip flexor area. A thing called position-dependent memory is uh, where studies have shown that people sustaining indelible imprints during periods of trauma that have high levels of emotional content, so the body will hold that information below the conscious level as a protective mechanism so that memories become disassociated. Memories that are positionally dependent can be retrieved when that person is in that particular state or position. So during times of trauma or injury, our fascia system stores a holographic image of our body's position, complete with all the associated emotions, fear, anger, sadness, etc., whatever was present at that time. And these images of every one of our traumas and injuries are constantly battling the forces of our body's everyday movements. Your body will create a holding or bracing pattern to avoid the original pain, and this in turn creates disease and dysfunction. Emotions have been described as energy motion. So myofascial release can help to bring the body back to those positions in time and allow the emotions to be felt and then released from the body, which can then begin the path to healing. To sum up fascia, a quote by John T. Barnes of PT and one of the pioneers in the mind-body approach to myofascial release is this. Fascia is a specialized system of the body that has an appearance like a spider web or sweater. Fascia is densely woven, covering and interpenetrating every muscle, bone, nerve, artery, and vein, as well as our internal organs, including the heart, lungs, brain, and spinal cord. The most interesting aspect of the fascial system is that it's not just a series of separate coverings. It's one continuous structure that exists from head to toe without interruption. In this way, you can begin to see that every part of the body is connected to every other part by fascia, like the yarn in a sweater. Healthy fascia is a vital part of the body's ability to function properly. When fascia is unhealthy, it causes physical and emotional trauma. Keeping that fascia moving is vital to maintain good health and exercises. Like Pilates play a key role in improving the health of our fascia. Movement is medicine, and especially when it comes to fascia. Thanks for joining me for this edition of the CoreCast. Make sure to join me next week for another episode. And please follow the COREcast channel on YouTube for a new episode every, t- every Tuesday, uh, and that's CORE with a K, or on all major podcast platforms. Also check out my website, www.core-fit.com, and that again, CORE with a K, for more information and exercise ideas. And my Instagram is CORE underscore fitness underscore I look forward to seeing you next time.